Welcome to Connect Through Beauty 2.0. My name is Ashley Rivera, and I am so excited that you joined us today. I'm Krista Bartik, and we are here to help you navigate the challenges and embrace the mistakes that come with this rewarding but demanding industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, our goal is to provide you with the knowledge and inspiration you need to help you level up within your career. It's Ashley Rivera. I just wanted to let you know about Canvas Me. Have you guys heard of this platform yet? Oh my goodness, talk about a game changer. If you are a salon owner and you have trouble recruiting, this is the platform for you. So go to canvasme.com right now, sign up today. You will not regret it. The people that I recruit on this platform are incredible. They are our people. Every salon has its own culture. And guys, you as a salon professional out there, you're looking for a salon to join. This is the platform to join to because now you can look for your home, your place, the atmosphere, the environment that you want and you've been always envisioning. So guys, check it out right now, canvasme.com. You won't regret it. All right, welcome back on Connect You Beauty 2.0. Today, me and Ashley are sitting down with Samantha Harmon. Did I say your last name right? Yes. Yes, perfect. Otherwise known as Samantha Beauty Confessions. Samantha, you wear many, many hats, so we're so excited to bring you on for this topic. We are discussing many options that you can do within this industry to bring in extra income, or maybe your heart is just being pulled in another direction. So Samantha, introduce us. If people haven't heard of you, let us know who you are. Yes. So I am Samantha Harmon, Samantha's Beauty Confessions on Instagram. And yes, I do wear a million different hats, honestly. I I still work behind the chair um, a couple of days a week, and then the other days I am filming content for the different brands that I work with on social media, and I'm now launching a podcast, so I'm adding another hat to my my um, resume. Yes, wow. I'm so excited. Yes, I can't wait for it. I'm really, really, I've wanted to do it so long, and I just like cannot believe it's finally happening. Good for you. That's so good. Um, so what's your, what is your like big focus going to be on when you uh, start launching the podcast? Okay. So I, I just kind of like accidentally came across it, but I've developed a, like a big passion for talking about mental health and different struggles in the industry and just how, how to almost like keep going whenever life gets kind of hard for you. And my goal with the podcast is for me to do solo episodes and share some experiences I've been through, but also to bring on people who can kind of share what they're doing. And even if they don't have like a quote unquote struggle to share, they can at least tell the steps they took to get there and just kind of inspire other people that may be feeling burnt out or discouraged or whatever the case is. I think that as Silas, it's easy to kind of get overwhelmed, right? Like we all have that in common, I think. And so I just want to bring awareness to it. And just show people that it's okay. I love it. Um, that's we're so in alignment on that. Yes. It's a huge, huge message to be pushing out there. And 
Krista and I were just talking about this earlier, just to not feel alone and not feel mm -hmm. so alone in your feelings and feeling like there's just no one else that feels that way. So that's great. Awesome. Super excited to tune in and listen. Yes, it's launching on August 21st, which I can't believe I have a date set. I'm like, oh my gosh, I it's finally happening. I have to do it now because I've announced it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's the whole thing. Hold mm -hmm. yourself accountable. Accountability, that's what we need. Because otherwise I just keep it to myself like I have for the past couple of years and just never tell anyone. And then I never launch. Uh, well, I know. Good for you finally going for it. Mm -hmm. Very so, good. Oh, sorry, Ashley. Um, let's jump right into it. Um, how did you get started with working with brands and quote unquote, like hair influencing? So I, I actually, I don't know. I always joke and say that it kind of happened for me to get me out of like a, the rut that I was currently in because I honestly, it's going to sound crazy, but this was 2018 and I had no idea that like all of this stuff was even actually real. Um, I'm from a tiny town and in the middle of nowhere. And so nobody was like doing that stuff whenever I kind of started just like posting online. And at the time I was going through um, kind of like an unhealthy marriage slash divorce. And I, I had like my very first brand call with behind the chair the day that we took my ex-husband to the emergency room. So it was kind of like this full circle moment, like, I have to take this call because my future depends on it kind of, but my current life is literally like falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was really just kind of like this, I don't know, this blessing in disguise for me mm -hmm. um, and stuff just kind of rippled from there. Gosh, I love that. So did you, did brands come to you or did you reach out to brands? How did you form that relationship? No, they just came to me. So um, I think that, so I started posting consistently, which is, I think, kind of what got their attention. And um, they they started sending me PR boxes. And then they were like, hey, would you want to work together? And I was like, what does that mean? I didn't even know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know you could like pitch yourself to brands at the time. I've kind of had to learn through trial and error, which is another thing I'm excited to just kind of help people through, um, you know, through my podcast is helping them navigate this industry. I love that. I remember actually I reached out to you because I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to handle this. Like, what do you do? What are your thoughts? And it, it's just a whole new world. And if you don't have like close friends within the industry that you can reach out to that have done it and experienced it, it can be hard to navigate. Well, and like for, a, for a long time, like when you reached out, I, I ended up doing that to people too. And I didn't always get responses back. And I think that, you know, early on, especially people were hesitant to talk about it. But I think now everybody kind of sees the benefit in just asking questions. There's no stupid question out there. And I feel like if you don't ever ask, then you'll never know. Um, and I think that hair influencers are kind of a a unique, um, not species, but you know what I'm saying, like a unique <laughs> little genre. And because we're not like working with clothing brands, like we have to educate toward professionals for the most part. And so we don't really follow the same protocol that every other influencer does. Mm -hmm. right. That's so true. That's awesome. So um, when this all started to unfold, how did you hold yourself in a space where you could juggle both, where you were behind the chair and you can do all of your content? Like, how did you navigate that and what did that look like? 
again, just trial and error. So I, it was a, a lot to take on at the beginning. I will be honest. I don't work with an assistant. And so it was really hard for me to be able to give my clients the attention, you know, that, that I wanted to give them and that they were used to. And so I just, I bought multiple tripods and just kind of played with them and, and see which one worked best for me, because I think that's kind of like the trick here is that everybody's going to have their own preferences when it comes to creating content. So I just, I, I finally found something that worked and I just kind of scheduled that time into my, um, my booking site to give me the space to create. And I'm really good at keeping a to-do list. And so I just made a content to-do list and checked it off throughout the day, you know, and then little by little, it gets easier the more that you do it. That's awesome. So now, Oh no, I'm so sorry. And this is exciting. I'm so I'm I'm so excited about this. <laughs> um, so in your Instagram, you show a lot of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I love that because there's this piece that we keep talking about about this connection with with other people. And um I know Chris has talked about it, talked about it too, where when you are showing your authentic self and this is who I am, this is what I do every day, there's this piece of of just I can see myself doing that too. I can put myself in your shoes. You know, how has that helped you in really building your brand? Yeah, so at my classes, I always tell people that if no one knows what you look like, it's hard for people to to sense who you are behind the camera. Um, And it can be something as little if you're not comfortable putting your face on the camera yet. You can just do like a photo of yourself just to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about me. But what showing your face does is, like you said, it brands you and it it creates that level of personalization that a lot of people don't have on their page. And brands love that. Clients love that. I think other stylists love that. And an example I use is, um, I forgot who said this, but at a hair show once, this this person talking said that they were having a class, a color class, and they had never shown their face on social media. Mm. And when the when the people who bought the class started arriving, you know, she was already there and she was just kind of like setting everything up. And they were like, hey, do you know when the educator is going to get here? Mm. And they had no clue that like she was the educator. They just bought her <laughs> tickets. Um, And she said, you know, at that point, I knew I needed to start putting myself out there more. And that really clicked with me. And it's so true. It's since I've shown my face and just done like little things here and there, I feel like it's opened up so many new doors for me um, in the whole like influencer realm of the industry. Ashley, I love that you brought that up because I do feel like that's something that is lacking a little bit more in our industry. We show a lot of hair. We show a lot Mm -hmm. of the work we do, the products we use, but we tend to leave out that key information, which is ourselves. So can you give us some examples of how people should showcase themselves on social media? I always say anything that you're doing, there's like that TikTok song that says everything's content. I think now what's really trending is um, text on top of videos. And so even if you're like, I could never sit down and record myself directly on the camera, you can put up a tripod or just prop your phone up on your station while you're doing a hair color and just put like a few things about yourself or ask a question and just anything that you can do, even if it's just the side of you. You know, and then little by little, I think that you'll start to feel more comfortable, like looking into the camera because it is weird. I was I did a podcast with someone else earlier today and I was talking about how 
when I first did it, you start noticing these little things about yourself that you don't see on a daily basis because we're not staring at ourselves in the mirror, I hope. Um, but when you're editing videos of yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, I do this weird thing with my eyes or my mouth or whatever. And so that does take some getting used to. But mm-hmm. if you just film little things you're doing every day, I feel like it's not as intimidating. That's so funny you mentioned that. I've gone back on videos of me teaching and I've noticed while I'm painting, I like my hips like wiggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so oh crazy. Nobody else notices this. <laughs> no, they don't. They for sure don't. Like, and I had to tell myself that too. Like, nobody else sees it. We're just so hard on ourselves. And so when we're the ones editing our own content, it's just, it's intimidating to push post. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love this. Um, so tell me more about all of the other other things that you do on a daily basis. Like what does a day in the life of Samantha look like? So now I kind of, I don't know where I'm going to add my podcasting into it, but now what I do is I kind of have days where I'll do certain things. So on, um, I work in the salon usually on Wednesdays all day, every week. And on that day, I'm just focused on clients. Um, usually on Thursdays, since I'm so tired, I take a ton of clients on Wednesday. I'll spend that time editing videos because I can kind of be relaxed. Um, I like to spend Mondays kind of catching up on emails and things like that. And I try to do Tuesdays as my content filming day. And that way, Friday, I can leave that day to kind of catch up. But if I have everything caught up, which maybe that's where my podcast day will go, but then I can kind of take an early weekend and relax because relaxing is so important. And I think as hairstylists today, it's easy for us to, to find like our hobby to be our career. I don't know if you, you all can relate, but I, that was my level of fun for so long was creating videos. And I had to really kind of figure out how to turn work off because I would work all night. It seemed like, so that is why I finally just like redid my salon and now I office here, I do hair here, I record here, I do everything up here. And then when I leave, I'm just at home. Yeah, that's great. You've set, you've set boundaries for yourself. You've set your... I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's very difficult because I, I'm sure you juggle a lot of things on a daily basis. I talked to Krista about this too. I'm a mom of two and have a husband and all the things and we juggle it all too. Um, we can give you some tips on how to how to record a ton of content and then you you're kind of set for like a couple of weeks where that's what that's what Krista and I try to focus on because time is super important and you know we come up with the two of us really try to idea dump you know a lot of things that we want to focus on and then how can we organize it and how can we really focus on the the um the audience that really is is into what we're saying and then how do we like organize that and have them come out on consecutive weeks and things so it is a lot of like organization but once you set yourself up for success that way I think it's it's truly truly helps and it it really is smooth um and going back to what you're saying about stylists you know taking time for themselves that is something that's happened I feel it's happened and evolving every, every day. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's really been brought to light. And I love that you're going to be speaking more on this because I think we all are loving this conversation because we want so many people to love what they do every day and continue doing it for as long as they want to do it for. Um, I, I have a similar 
burnout story. And, um, and I, you know, I, I walked away from doing hair for 10 years and I look back and my life has taken me into different, definitely different directions, but I'm still here in the industry. And that's why we really want to bring all these different opportunities for the audience out there, because it's so important to know that the end of the road really isn't the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opportunities are endless, which is one of the most beautiful things, in my opinion, about the career that that we all have is there's so many ways you can go, so many paths you can go down. And I feel like, yeah, bringing awareness to that, it's awesome that you guys are doing this and just highlighting different areas because, you know, people listening, they may not know. They may think that you have to stay only working behind the chair, but if they just hear one other person's perspective, it may change their whole life, which is awesome. Yeah. And if you can do it, they can do it too. That's, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think the industry is getting so much better at being um, more open and honest. Whereas before you left the problems at the door. Yeah. But now, you know, we're kind of waking up to realize that sometimes you can't leave your problems at the door and that's okay too. Like mm-hmm. as long as, as you have a happy ending, you know, coming of it, I feel like it's awesome to share that with people that how you overcame it because you never know who's going through it too. Definitely. Mm, so good. So what opportunities do you see in the industry as well? Just behind, you know, being behind the chair, influencing, what are some other opportunities people can take if they're looking to take that extra route? I think independent education is really awesome for people to to just kind of play with. And I know sometimes I hear at my classes, people will say, well, I don't have a big enough following. But I think that your following is just a number. And I know that that's easier said than done. But, you know, I, I promise I've never reached a number that's been life-changing on my following. And so I don't think there is one, you know, if, if there is, I haven't got there yet. And I'm, I'm interested if listeners have that number, I would love to know, but I think that you can do awesome things with a smaller following if you just have the knowledge and we all have our own specialty. So I always tell people get on there and just pitch yourself to salons in your area and just see what opportunities open up. And, you know, the the influencing, the same thing, you don't have to have a lot of followers. If you love a product and a brand and you can really prove to that brand that your followers are going to respond well to it, whether you have, you know, a thousand or 10,000 or whatever, I think that you're going to provide value. So that's all those companies want. Um, People create products. There's, you know, Amazon storefront, affiliate links. There's so many ways now to really just branch out. And that's something that that I encourage people to do because it's something I didn't do for a long, long time. Like I did everything backwards. So now I'm like really passionate about helping people not do it that whole, you know, yeah. weird way that that's I did what it. it's all about though. That's what it's all about. I love that. Yeah. Um, so if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I really love X product line and I want to start, really influencing for them, how would they go about doing that? Is it just, you know, a video and a little bit about the product or showing the product and then tagging them or like, how, how does that start? I always tell people that when you go to the beauty supply to buy products, Mm -hmm. those little end cap aisles that you see, Mm -hmm. those are there for a reason. And so usually companies buy that because those are new products. Mm. So if you have a company that you see on that end cap, buy one tube of those of that color there or whatever that hairspray and make as much content with it as you can and send all of those videos or photos to the brand and just keep sending them because 
there is a real person. I literally used to think it was like a robot behind behind the brand's pages, but it's a real person on there. And somebody eventually is going to see it if you just keep putting it out there, putting it out there. And, you know, even if they don't respond for three months, you know, mm-hmm. what's three months? At least you're trying. Just keep doing it because the more that you put out there, the more likely it is to be seen. But a little tip is those end caps, the new products. The reason I say those are so big is because companies don't typically have a lot of content for newer products at the beginning. So if you're one of the first ones to do it, that ups your chances even more. Love it. Gosh, I love that. That's such a great, such a great tip for someone out there who's looking to get into it and get started. Cause that's, you know, people ask themselves like, where do they start? And usually you start with the brands you love, but if you're Mm -hmm. trying to venture out in other things, or maybe the brand you do love is so saturated with content already, it can be really hard to be noticed and get started with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I promise, like, I'm literally from the middle of nowhere. Like I can't even explain how middle of nowhere it really is, but, um, (laughs) I feel like if I, you know, consistency is key and that doesn't mean everyday posting. If you can only post three days a week, just choose your three days a week and stick to those three. Don't overwhelm yourself because then you're, if it's not fun to you, you're going to be burnt out so quick. And then Mm -hmm. who knows, you may end up just like giving up altogether, but doing something realistic. If you have kids or whatever, I can't imagine how hard it is to juggle all of that, but just sitting down and looking at your schedule and just mapping it out in advance, I think saves so much time and energy. Oh yeah. It's so important. It's so important to, that's literally what I do every day is I make a list of what I need to do and just time blocks and, and family is in that list. Yep. Yeah. If I don't schedule it, whatever it is, it won't happen. So I have oh, to. Yeah. For sure. Love it. Good. You have to schedule yourself in there. Family, mm-hmm. yourself, just, I mean, you time. It's so important. Yeah. And it does get easier. Just a little like silver lining there that at first creating content is going to feel hard. I won't lie. Just because you've never done it, you know, but if if you really want it, if you're really serious about it, there are so many ways of, of making it your income, really. And once you get something kind of um, going that works for you, I promise like within a month of doing it, it's going to start sticking in your, you know, in your schedule every day. And it's just going to come natural. I love that. So what did that transition look like for you with your clients behind the chair as somebody who, let's say they're behind the chair and they're wanting to venture out into other things, how can they soften that transition with their clients, so to speak? This was hard for me. This was so hard for me. Um, I, I think that we all have this in common as hairstylists, but disappointing people is not something we want to do. We want to be people pleasers all the way through all the time. Mm -hmm. So At first, I was trying to do it all. I was still working five days a week behind the chair and still trying to do all this stuff. But I was literally working like 15 hour days or something crazy. And so what I did is I just sent out an email and I told them at first I was going to go from five to three days a week. And then as the partnerships that I've gotten have just continued to grow, I've had to cut that down to one or two days a week. And I just like pack it out on those days. Um, But I think raising your prices is a good way to kind of eliminate some clients or or find them, you know, maybe your assistant or someone next to you in the salon. But just being honest with them is what I've found has helped me. Because when I felt like I was making excuses, it made me feel more guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, But once my clients could kind of see where my path was going, I feel like they were so supportive of it. 
Definitely. Oh, and I'm sure they were so proud to be your client. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, at first I'm the small town kind of assistant thing is kind of weird here. Like a lot of people don't, don't want assistance, you know, working on them if they're paying you, which I totally get that. And so if that's the case, what I would do is just have conversations like, Hey, I want to still keep doing your hair, but mm-hmm. I need some help. And so are you comfortable with so-and-so, you know, doing this for me in the, in your service? And if so, I'd love to keep you. That's great. Gosh, that is great. So much like helpful tips in here for someone wanting to get started or maybe somebody who's doing it that needs some guidance. So thank you so much for sitting down with us today and chatting about anything. Ashley, do you have any other questions? I do. So one more question. What do you do for yourself to fill yourself back up? What do you do to kind of consistently do that for, for you? So this has been a never ending battle. I feel like with me, I, um, I honestly don't have like hobbies. Okay. So I, I just poured myself again into my work, but my boyfriend now he is very like outdoorsy, I guess I'm not very outdoorsy. So he has been really helpful to me in making me get outside and making me just like sit and get natural sunlight and just kind of step away from a screen for two seconds. And it's kind of crazy because even an hour away from looking at a screen can spark so much creativity in you when you're not even trying. Yeah. I find that when I sit at home and I'm just scrolling through TikTok or Instagram that I start comparing. And then when that happens, I don't want to ever create. So scheduling massages has helped me and just getting outdoors has been such a game changer. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much for saying I love that. That was a really good question too. But, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I I never take time away, like schedule that in too. That was how I first had to do it because I would look at my computer, look up and it was like six hours later. So I had to start time blocking out 10 minutes to just like walk out my door around my yard and back in. And it's just kind of crazy because you reset your brain Mm -hmm. and it it allows you to just kind of stop thinking for two seconds, which I don't know about y'all, but I think a lot. Yes. Oh, all the time. But I think, I think you're more productive when you take, you take those times out of your day, because, Mm -hmm. you know, let's be honest, if there's eight hours that you're focusing on something, how many, how much of that time are you really being productive? I know that I'm like, Ooh, that I need to do now that I need to do now that I need to do, you know, constantly Mm -hmm. all over the place. So if you're, you know, taking that one thing, doing that thing to the end and completing it, taking a break, and coming back. I think that helps huge, tremendously. Yeah. And if you can, this is, this might be unpopular, but I'm just going to say it, but I post every single day on social media, seven days a week. I've done this for, I don't even know, unhealthy amounts of time. But if you cannot do that from the beginning, I highly recommend it. If I don't do it now, this is just crazy that how much anxiety it gives me. But if I don't post every day now, the algorithm like punishes me. It truly does. So Um, if you can just post during the weekdays early on, I would highly encourage it because that way you're not having to even look at your phone. What I'll do now on the weekends is I'll post it, but I don't like look at it past that. I just get on post, turn off my phone. Um, So if anyone sees me like not replying on Sundays or Saturdays, that's why. But from early on, I just recommend not doing it on the weekends and having that as your time. Very good. I love that. 
I hear a lot of podcasts talk about like post every day, you know, be on your phone, do this, do that. But it's so revealing to hear, like, just don't start it that way. Because once you get yourself in that rut, it's really hard to put it down. Like you said, like you have to force yourself to not go on your phone. And I mean, I took my first like actual vacation that had nothing to do with work last month. And I had to force myself to like, not go on Instagram. I mean, I still found myself engaging, but I forced myself to not post. And it's so crazy to think that, you know, once we start that, we tend to stay in it. And then it's so hard to get out. Yeah. And I mean, wasn't it like anxiety kind of for you to not oh, look at it? Yeah. Like, I, I literally can't imagine like when you're saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do. But that's crazy. Like, yeah. I always tell people don't do it the way I did it. Just do it the way that I'm trying to teach you to do it. Because <laughs> the way I did it was just so twisted, you guys, like, like a huge twisted pretzel. I would not recommend it. But, <laughs> but I can't complain because it's gotten me to this point, you know, and so I feel like everything happens for a reason. And so hopefully, I'm able to use my twisted pretzel analogy and just help as many people as possible in the future. Wow, that was amazing. Gosh, I just love her and I can't wait for her podcast to come out, guys. Definitely give that a listen. It will all be linked into our show notes. Can't wait for next week. We are going to continue our talk about opportunities and talk about why we started Connect Through Beauty 2.0. to talk to you about Elevation H. Paul and Cole Thompson from Manchester, England have created this incredible company. They have apprenticeship programs just for salons. They take that all out of the hands of the salon owner and just take care of it for them. Amazing. They do the same thing in beauty schools and get in there and take them to the next level. They also have memberships for professionals. Guys, we need continued education and we need we need it to grow. These two have really just elevated that for us in our career, in our businesses. Go ahead and check them out. All of the links are there in our show notes. As always, thank you so much for staying connected with us. Continue to use us as resources so that you can continue to grow as a beauty professional.